Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Pryor here, Cropley over there. Good morning, Stephen. Morning, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you, mate. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com, as Oliver Thompson has done to say, I wondered if either of you had yet had a go in the Microlino. Microlino? Microlino? Don't know. Microlino. Who knows? <laughs> um, it's a Swiss, uh, Swiss company. They make a an electric quadricycle, um, which Oliver says, in theory, looks like it could be everything that the Citroën Ami promised but didn't deliver on. Um, it might be perfect for its city purpose in size and drivability. Charming, well-packaged. It looks like the old BMW Isetta type thing with a big swinging opening door at the yeah. front, but it's electric. Always loved them. It's an idea. It does look cool, doesn't it? It does it look does. quite a good thing. In short, we neither of us has tried it yet, Oliver. But keen to have a go, though. Yeah, keen to have a go. There was the last I heard; it was due to come to the UK. On there was there were plans for a UK uh, on sale. I think I saw a story in the FT early magazine. This, or yeah, early this year, something like that. But as yet, hasn't arrived. But if if we'll go and we'll go out there, if one doesn't come here, slightly terrifying price, if I remember. Oh yeah, you could. Yes, I think you're right. I think you can spend quite a lot on one. You know, the the amount of money that would get you. A real car, yeah, so to speak. But oh, interesting. I you were gr- saying, were you not saying that that whereas with the Assetta, the 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 steering wheel and the pedals swing out yeah. as you open the front door. Here they um, do not. They do not. Yeah. yeah. So you so to get in, I think you have to sort of fall back into the driver's well into the passenger seat and then yeah. scooch across to the driver's seat. But yes, two seats side by side. Um, what did we say in our story? Enough room for. Two people and three crates of beer, I think they called it, which yeah. is not very, very fine, but which is you know as much as you'd want. Two adults and beer, three beer crates weighs 513 kilograms and is capable of 90 kilometers per hour, which is 
56? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, 90 is about 40. Uh, hang on, hang on. No, it's uh, 55. 80s, yeah. 50, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's, I think, yes, preliminary, pri- preliminary prices were set to start at about 15,000 euros, I think. So it's really? not Oh, so not terrible. No, but still, um, yeah, not the cheapest thing in the yeah. world. But yeah, from what I from what I read, Oliver, interesting interesting car and yes, uh, somewhat more capable than an Ami, which is yeah. just not quite not quick know, enough and doesn't ride well enough. Twenty nine mile an hour top speed is not enough for no. for most people, is it really? No. Um anyway, you are thinking about a vehicle which is which <laughs> The is, saga which is, continues. The saga continues Steve. <laughs> so uh how to put this it's uh, more usable than a Citroen Ami. Yep. We think. But we well, we were at Bista's Sunday Scramble, first of the year last week. You and I both saw this car. Yeah. And I moved on, and you pick up the tail. Well, the thing is, we I don't think either of us realised the significance of this car. Mm. And it turned out to be a, um amazingly unmolested 1973 two-door Range Rover, which had lived 45 years of its life in South Africa, and uh, um, therefore not suffered the usual European ravages, you know, no salt and all that. And and uh, it's now for sale at Jaguar um, Land Rover Classic, where they, you know, make the replica D-types and the XKSSs and all that. That's, and that's, that's the up. official bit of JLR, is it? Yeah. That's an official part of the, of the company. And the thing that's so interesting about this car is that it's, it was bought to turn into a, a brand new one, in effect, mm. and an excellent bloke called Mike Bishop, who's a you know the world's expert in Land Rovers, works there. He saw this car and he thought, "Hang on a minute, why would you want to dismantle this car? It's perfect anyway, and it's got the virtue of genuine history and all the rest of it." Mm. So it's for sale. I saw it, um, read the blurb, talked to Mike, and I'm going to go and look at it this very afternoon. <laughs> so it's a, it's a sort of olivey green. Yeah, type thing with a what sort of what's 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 inside? I didn't look closely it's, inside. It's it, got the so-called me. Kit Kat seats, very early seats with a, right. with these sort of uh, sort of um, beige uh, plastic <laughs> with channels set into the into the seats. They only right. lasted for a couple of years before before they changed it because of the plastic was. Um, affected by a UV, I think, and one of the reasons that you can tell this car's been fairly well looked after, or very well looked after, mm. is that um, the the plastics are still all right. Oh, I see. So it would not have been exposed to too much sunlight. No, it, it, it seems to have been used normally. I mean, it's got you know some scars on the body and things, no mm. dents, but but mm. you know, you signs of use. But um, and it's done. About under, well, I think it's 124,000 k's, which is to say 80-ish thousand miles, mm-hmm. 70 something thousand miles. But they say it's healthy, and uh, you know can't believe the condition, and so we're going to go for a squirt this afternoon, see what we think. And it's t- so it's too nice for them to restore. Well, Mike, is that how Mike, they, is that they how were going to tear it? it apart? And yeah. he said, "Stay your hand, you yeah. know, don't don't be silly." So, <laughs> and it's for sale at 50-ish, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, obviously, if they rebuilt it, it would be 150-ish. Yes, yeah. But I'm interested. And the thing is, as you know, I've been... This is a shocking saga of mine. Um, 
but I've got a few quid and I have just had a big birthday and I thought I'm going to buy myself a present of some yeah. kind but I want to be excited by it and mm. this and this has got me into a bit of a state so that's that's uh, one good thing it's the excitement the excitement is what you need isn't it you have a you have a few cars that would do most of what you would need yeah and then the the gap that could be filled does need to be something one you're excited about two that you'll want to use yeah I take and that's places. the thing you could presumably I mean I, I haven't driven a an original stock stock original Range Rover but I have driven some you know Kingsley automotive based sort of just the other yeah. side of Oxford who restore sort of do resto mods yeah. on early Range Rovers but they still drive pretty you know relatively authentically um, you know they'll upgrade the interior a bit and the brakes a bit and can give it more power but they they drive largely as you would remember uh, as I understand yeah um, they just they're pleasant to spend time in aren't they they're not yeah. sure to, to drive distance well or Mike else. says that this car is um you would be able to, if you were willing, if you were happy to take, you know, perhaps take a bit of a risk with it, it would still do off-roading. I don't oh, know whether really? I would, but I, yes. I think I would. I mean, you certainly drive it across a few fields and things. And, yeah. and um, But I just like the idea of taking it places. I haven't... I, I just like um, the, the sorts of things that happens happen when old car types get together and it would be good to have an old car. And I haven't had one for a while. Hmm. What's the last old car you had? Oh, oh, crikey. Model T Speedster? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, that was an old car. <laughs> that was, yeah, 1920 or something. Um, I've forgotten. Yeah. There'd be a few. The, oh, a Lotus, various Lotus. Lotus 6, Lotus oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, am I right in thinking that the body's aluminium, isn't it? But the chassis underneath and the outriggers and stuff are steel. Steel, yeah. That can be a that can be a problem in UK cars because you can see one that's rescued from a driveway or a field or a barn and you think oh that looks alright and then somebody yeah. has a look actually underneath it and there's very little there's the not chassis. much there yeah yeah, the floors and all that I think they and it's just expensive to dismantle it all mm. um, so yeah so I think you'd have to have a bit of respect for the condition of this thing and not not just put it at risk but um the, the the appeal seems to be that you can drive it normally. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go and establish this fact to Savo. And if you have had enough of it in a couple of years' time, you would think it will be worth what? At least what you pay yeah, for it, well, you? You know, you, I think you'll get your dosh back and maybe yeah. more. Yeah. So exciting. I am excited by this. Yeah. <laughs> the question, well, I'll give you a bell to Savo when I've had a go. Yeah, really. Yeah, that would be cool. Yes. And we look forward to answering the question. Has Steve Cropley bought a car yet? Which has been running since this podcast since started. Moses played fullback for Jerusalem. <laughs> um, you've had a stress-free charging time recently because you're driving an Audi SQ8 e-tron yeah. as your daily at the moment. Yeah. You've had quite a nice, uh, quite a decent time of it, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I, it's got a big battery, 100 kilowatt plus. So it needs quite a lot of tickling. Fairly big body, heavy and all that. But there's a 150 kilowatt hour charger, a charging station near me, quite a, a relatively recent arrival. Mm. I just thought I would give it a go, and and I drove in there, hooked it up, took you know 15 seconds I reckon, and right next door is a Costa, very nice you know well run Costa um, coffee place, and I suddenly 
struck me as I was sitting in there looking at my car cooking away on the charges that this is an experience that isn't available to people who buy who have a normal petrol car because you know you 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 stand out there in the cold with the thing in your hand you get rather um, probably dirty you then go and queue up behind somebody who's bought their weekly shopping um, and is putting it all minutely through the through the till whereas with an electric car although it takes longer it's actually more streamlined and I was I was enjoying it so and if you've got stuff to do I mean you and I in our in our job, we quite often have homework to do, don't we? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. and I've and I found that running, you know, when I when I run an EV, I just think, oh, actually, I've got a bit of work to do. Then I'll go, I'll do it at that point, and it's it does soften the blow a bit, doesn't it? Of I suppose if I'm short of time, then it's a that's when it's a if I just want to get home, yeah, I just want to go home now. That's when it. It's helpful. I think it's helpful. I, I'm not like you. I can't really pull out the laptop and start. You know. It's, if I'm forty percent through a story, I can't t- use that time to get fifty percent. Oh, really? Okay. But but it is useful for you know we, we get a lot of mail, don't we? Yeah. And and um, and I think you can go through that stuff. Yeah, even if it's a bit of admin stuff, yeah. like that, isn't it? You can get it done. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? We get letters a lot. But what do you reckon the split is? Fifty-fifty people going. Look, it's no bother. You've just got to think about it a bit more carefully. Sometimes, yeah, this is EV charging. Most EV charging. Yeah. Most of the time, your life is as easy. And other people going, I can't believe you've got to spend twenty minutes waiting to top it up. Yeah, I and mean, I can't possibly spend more than seven filling up four filling up my car. Yes, and I, I, don't know, I kind of see both. I kind of see both points of view, really. Actually, but yeah, it's it's what surprised me when I ran a I ran a Polestar a while ago for quite a long time yeah. is how little it usually bothered me because yeah. I'd always have something to do I remember you saying this it, it didn't seem to uh, mess up your life at all no I mean I the, the alternative is I come home and I do the work or actually I could get it done most of the time get it done in the car if I had to charge I mean didn't have to charge remotely that often yeah. this, you know, when it works perfectly it works really well doesn't it Yeah, and it's just I'm interested that you that you would be able to use your laptop in a car. I can't do that. I I, I write things on telephone a lot. Oh, I really? used to used to write my Geneva show coverage on the telephone. Can you write on a phone? Do you you find it comfortable? Are you happy to write on a phone? Yeah, I can. I can if I have to. If I go on a family holiday, I'll take my phone rather than my laptop. Do you presume write, you write your column on I can the, write on a the column phone. on it. Yeah, but that's five hundred, six hundred words. Yeah, but I don't know. Two thousand would. I would struggle. Yeah. And also, there's no word count on my phone. That's the annoying thing. No, you have to take a guess, don't you? Yeah, you just go, well, that's about X number of lines, <laughs> eight words a line. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, we digress. Uh, what should we talk about next? Oh, yeah. So last week, we talked a little about um, people's headlights being too bright these days. Yeah. Has, people, has somebody irked you in the meantime, Steve? Or is <laughs> this, you, you've, you've written a piece in your column, yeah, the magazine this week at the magazine shop. Well, I was just, I was just, um, big, you know, one of my resolutions in for twenty twenty four is hmm. <clears throat> is to remain calm, right? Right. And one of the things that that it's pretty easy to get exercised about is being dazzled by people coming along. You know, we drive cars with LED headlights. Yeah. There are times when you're going up a slope towards somebody who's who's above you. These LED headlights, whatever you, even if they weren't LED, they would. 
briefly dazzle the person on coming. Mm. They tend to give you the full benefit of whatever they've got. And, <laughs> you know, people that, that that get outraged normally have some extra light as well. So, they, yeah. you know, you, they want to fry your eyeballs. You with their the full works and, in retaliation. And I have just resolved to not get involved in this and just mm-hmm. watch the verge, watch the centre line, watch the taillights of the car ahead and not react. Mm. And I, I'm trying to be take the higher ground, as it were. <laughs> it's very noble. Man. That's the noble. That's is that the key, is that the key? Look at the because I, I can't remember at some point in my life somebody has said, yeah, when you're getting dazzled by headlights, look at the verge. And I'm not sure I'd, yeah, thought about it. Well, until I, that I think point. it is is it just not to get involved. Something I was told. Yeah, just look look away because if you look at the verge you get an idea of where you are where you're going yeah. and it's you know it's much easier you don't get fried headlights and also in this uh, in the era we're living in there there are often some pretty cavernous um, uh, potholes in mm. verges or near verges these days so you, you're as well to, to look left and just yeah. see if you can get, get as much detail of the road that way at least the bloke with the <clears throat> the person with the um, um, bright oncoming lights has possibly illuminated the verge for you. That is so. possible. Yeah, this is a because you have you. I admire your perennial optimism <laughs> that life gets better. <laughs> but when I think about it, you know, thirty years ago, the lights were less likely to dazzle you. The cars yeah. were narrower. Yeah, and there may have been fewer potholes as well. Yeah, was driving at night better. <laughs> Yeah, it's was it less stressful than it was? You know, I think now, it might have been because it's you know, you've and also traffic levels. And traffic were much lower, yeah. yeah, because the population was forty odd million rather than 70, 67 yeah. million, and not everybody drove a car. No, well, the thing that you know, I was driving around in that seventy-seven Capri a while mm. ago. Um, the thing that really surprised me was that the headlights were quite good, mm-hmm. even though they were not. They weren't even quartz halogen, I don't think. Mm. Um, Certainly not LED, and they still illuminated the the the, the road ahead pretty well. You know, um, not there wasn't so much science in the way the, the yeah. light was directed, but somehow I found them found it easy to drive. It may have been narrowness, mm. but but um, I do wonder whether we're getting it right. I do. I don't want to sound like an old duffer, mate, because I do. I I am a where it's a possibility that as I get older, <laughs> one gets a little less man. patient. Well, yeah, but even so, I'm not. You know, I, I'm not yet. I'll 50. tell you when you're. I'm old. not yet fifty, but do you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as patient, perhaps, as I was when I was twenty-five. Yeah, I've noticed that, or maybe, or I don't know. Anyway, what am I trying to say? There's, how bright does a headlight need to be? Yeah, really. Yeah. Do we do we really need two thousand LEDs to light three miles into the distance? when you're going 50 miles an hour. Maybe that is too much. Maybe there needs to be a... Com- Has anybody done the actual figures who said, if you have this range of beam at this range of light, yeah. it will reduce your chances of hitting a deer or a curb or a pothole yeah. by X percent? Or actually, are we just going, well, bright is, bright, surely bright is better. Yeah. Surely bright is better. I suppose yeah. the big problem is that if we, if we sort of worry away at this too much... Mm. Some legislator, you know, a bunch of Europeans are going to come around and say, you can only have headlights this bright and they can yeah. only shine this far. And, and uh, you know, if you're if you're found to be um, to to have um, something that is not the uniform European standard, you know, you'll be thrown into prison. <laughs> I, I, I just think uh, I just think 
we probably shouldn't talk call for too many regulations. No, yeah, that's a thought. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought. Uh, Steve and I are going to take a very short break. We'll be back with more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to the second half of My Week in Cars. Um, Who's written to us? Philip Benson has written to us to say, Enjoyed hearing about uh, the highlight of your year, the trip to the west coast of Ireland, and I intend to follow in your footsteps footsteps this spring in my Alpine A110. Um, And so I wrote about travelling the wild Atlantic Way, which I did a couple of times, bits of a couple of times last year in features. Um, Anyway, Philip wonders how long I will need to do the trip. Are you able to advise now that you've done it a couple of times? I'm happy to drive for seven to eight hours a day. Well, I think he's in for quite a nice time. Yeah, it's Does he need to do it all? Well, I don't... I I mean, I didn't do it all, so I don't know. And I think there are some bits of road, a bit like on the Scottish North Coast 500, there are great bits of road that are not on the official route. The The Wild Atlantic Way goes from the very top to the very bottom around the west coast of Ireland. 1,500 miles, I think, in total. But I reckon there are good, really good bits of road that I found which were not part of the route or would actually shorten the route a bit. Yeah. But I don't know, I reckon four or five days you'd do as much great driving as you wanted, plus have quite a nice time. Yeah. Places to stay, I presume? Loads of places to stay. All the towns have got loads of pubs. Just, I, I had a great time, mate. And there's bits that I want to go back and see. Apparently there is a seaplane museum in oh. uh, Limerick, which I didn't have a chance to... Oh, I fancy that. I'd fancy that. I don't know what. I don't know how big it is, how many there are, but I love the idea of a boat plane, seaplane, fly boat. Yeah. Whatever. I wonder if that was a. Maybe there was a some sort yeah, of seaplane patrol on the Atlantic. Or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to know about that. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna go back at some point this year, take my bike probably, and ride a bit of it, and I'll I'll go. I'll Fantastic. report back. <laughs> Good I'll on report you. back. Um, what should we do next? Uh, shall we talk about oh let's talk about Michael and Brief yeah I feel badly <laughs> so I, I was on a came out of a roundabout the other day and a, the car in front of me which was a small city car newish um, pulled onto the dual carriageway off the roundabout reasonably quiet no reason for it to stay in the right hand lane but it did wasn't overtaking anything national speed limit you know. wasn't overtaking anything there was a car under distance didn't Looked like it was making any particular effort to gain on the car in the distance, and I just, just, oh, just get out of the way. Come on, just get, just get this little. Come on, Doris, pull it left and get out the. And I just, I felt badly towards it in a way I don't think I would have done had it behaved in exactly the same way, but been a. Tesla, Tesla, Mercedes, yeah. something yeah. like that. I'd have assumed, well, in a minute, they'll get a move on. Yeah. And but to be fair, it probably, they probably would have done. And this car did not. It just, yeah. but I just, uh, I thought, I love 
city cars, I love small cars, I love cheap cars. But sometimes I do, and I'm not alone because I've driven them a lot, and I, you and I will know, mate, because we've driven at both ends of the spectrum, you get treated very differently sometimes yeah. in a small, cheap car than you do in an expensive posh one. Yeah. If you're on a motorway, overtaking a, a line of traffic in a Kia Picanto, somebody will pull up behind you and try and bully you out the way in a way that you don't if you were driving exactly the same way in a Porsche 911. Uh, it's true. just It's just the way it is. And I just wondered if that will stay the same as time goes on now that we're living in the most disruptive time in the industry in the last century. Mm. Kia, Kia now sells a, an 80 grand SUV. Yeah. Hyundai now sells a you know the best EV driver's car in the world. In the world, yeah. And will we start to think slightly differently about some of their products at the other end of the scale? I think. Well, I, I think Tesla's already shown us that the that um, that the, the the sort of badge the, the the presumptions that we used to make about badges are, are no more. Hmm. And uh, I don't think it's. Although I, I support what you say about the, you know, I, everybody that reads Duster off the back of my nice little blue SUV <laughs> presumes that they need to put it away, you know, yeah. no matter how you're driving it. Mm. Um, but um, I do think that, that uh, yeah, we're having to be more sort of egalitarian about what we read off the back of cars. So you drive an A110 and a Duster. Yeah. Sometimes together very closely yeah. one after the other do you notice a difference oh, in the way you're yeah, yeah definitely mm. no doubt yeah um it's funny uh the, the a110 is interesting because i never i just don't i don't drive it that quickly i just enjoy the 60 percent sort of um press but people people follow you just to find out what it is because they're still not common on the road oh interesting and uh, so you see these, you know, some dad come by and the kids hanging out of the car taking photographs yeah, and all that's stuff. Cool. That's cool. Which nice. is, which is crazy because it's a cheap car, really. Do owners wave to each other? Uh, no, not in my experience. Maybe oh, okay. I, I do, I'm not a really big waver, I suppose. But but um, um, <clears throat> I remember when it conked a fuel pump. Remember a yeah. few weeks ago. We're, we're, uh, we're so we're st- standing by the side of the road with this dead car, and, and uh, a bloke in an Alpine came the other way, rolled down the window, and said, "Hello, fuel pump, is it?" <laughs> and then drove on. <laughs> so I suppose that was a form of interaction. That's the form of it. Yeah, that's the form. Of it. I only own cars where that happens because the, the, there's the defender, yeah, palm up wave to each other, which yeah. I think started as a farmer's greeting to each other, but has just become a defender thing and now yeah. farmers deliberately don't do it to <laughs> to, uh, to well now we've got sort of farm equipment in the back of ours there's three bales of hay in the back of it there at the moment are. and a load of horse feet but still I think when I drive past a gnarled farmer he doesn't he thinks to himself media ponce yeah. in hoodie he doesn't think <laughs> he doesn't think there's Ted from down the road so I don't often I often don't get a wave back from farmers but still uh-huh. uh, and the Beetle of course people wave to each other oh definitely Caterham's people wave to each other yeah. and when I had one of those and I've not come across another imp but I imagine I would get a big cheery hearty oh they fall welcome. out of the car waving yeah and of course motorcyclists nod to waving each other with their, well. obviously with their driving gloves yes exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what should we talk next um, oh Zap Map let's talk Zap Map you've well, I got into a bit of a ladder, just yeah. just a, not not wishing to pick on Zapmap, but it happens that next weekend I am going to go with the missus from 
our place in the Cotswolds to visit some friends in Rye, 290-mile round trip. That's a, I, uh, uh, Sussex, is it? Rye, is that right? Uh, yeah, bottom, sort, sort of um, east of all that stuff along the coast. Oh, oh yes, of so course. It. Oh, it might be Kent, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, and Rye dwellers. It's on the yeah. It sort of looks out on the on the channel and all mm. that. And um, a two hundred and ninety mile round trip. I looked it up on Zap Map and it said, "Well, don't worry about it, mate. You don't have to recharge because because yeah, you're an SQ8 e-tron, mate, and that'll do that'll do a bit more than that. You'll mm. be able to come back without a problem. And of course, the car reality is that in four degrees outside, as it three degrees as it is at the moment, mm. does about two hundred and twenty. Mm. So. I just wondered why these that map and and um, apps like them don't have a button that says feed in the temperature and, mm. and ju- just take an estimate of the of the way the 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 range That's declines because if I <coughs> follow its current advice I will be in big trouble in about Reading on the way back. You would yeah you would get a certain a distance home and be. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'll be out of luck, mate. So it's it's just somebody won't wind down the window and go fuel pump. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they. But the thing, it's a small thing, I suppose. But yeah. but but given that they have so many other facilities, these, you know, they can tell you, you know, the size, shape, and color of every. Yeah, and every, they are good. And they're gener- it's a really useful tool, isn't it? I find. Yeah. yeah, as an app, it is a it is my go to. I suppose it's the sort of class. Yeah, I presume it's the class sort of. You know. And even the the industry uses it, don't they? They say, well, according to ZapMap, blah, blah, Mm. blah. We get press releases all the time. Mm. So it just seems to be a bit of a lack, that's all. Mm. Yeah. Um, And I couldn't see why you wouldn't recognise that. Mm. So it is 220 at the moment-ish, or thereabouts, is it? Yeah, I think, I suppose, it depends where you charge it. If... I've got a place in London where I charge it, where, where the, it's dance, it's a it's an underground car park, so mm. it's normally about well the coldest it gets is probably twelve fourteen, yeah. and that <clears throat> then if I leave there it's got showing two fifty two sixty. Okay. My place in the Cotswolds it'll be two twenty five, mm. and the, the official is two ninety plus. You haven't had it in the really hot. No, no, no. So it'll I be, suppose you know when it will. Yeah. Presumably it will get up there. I would have thought. I would, yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, it's still good enough, but mm. I, um, you know, it's because it's got a, it's a, it's a big car and a heavy car and quite a lot of frontal area and so mm. on. It, it's not as efficient as some EVs, and I, 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 I find myself liking lighter cars with smaller frontal area. Yes, same. Yeah, just, just yeah. What did I read the other day? Somebody was uh, talking about lightweight, lightweight EVs, and there is a marginal performance improvement, isn't there? If you make them lighter, yeah. But you have to spend so much money to make them light that actually, it's you probably you're almost better off spending the money with a bigger battery and accepting the weight penalty yeah. because it there's so much regeneration under braking. But actually, it is not the penalty that it would be in no, a combustion. No, no, you can use the momentum. That's yeah, right. Yeah, there was a, and it's was, actually frontal area and aero that makes the big difference on EV ranges and efficiency. I ran across somebody criticising the BMW i3 for too much use of carbon fibre because oh, that okay. it makes it very light. The car yeah. is only a hundred more than my A110, which is a light car, mm. light conventional car. Um. 
but very expensive and and quite slow to build, I believe. That yeah. was, you know, the two reasons that killed the car, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if BMW made any money off of it, but you would. No. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? It's such a clever car. Well, and, and continuing, you know, lots of admiration <laughs> still for, for 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 what it can do, but... Mm. But, you know, as we've said on on here before, the, the, the Honda E weighs 250 to 300 more than an i3, which is amazing to me. Hmm. But probably a pragmatic decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a note from Phil. I don't... He sent this letter in. I don't know if he wants it read out, so I'm not going to give his surname because okay. it... Um, well, he works somewhere that they, they might not appreciate the fact that he's talking in loving terms about an i3. He says, I've had the OEM replacement uh, Bilstein damper kit to his BMW i3, and it is transformative in terms of improvement. Because the ride quality on some i3s is a bit brittle, isn't it? It puts you off. It puts you off. The ride and bump control are hugely improved, says Phil, and the comfort levels have increased significantly. There's no associated wallow or softness. Steering remains accurate and precise, and I can see no reason for anything other than praise for the setup. Are you still thinking about buying an iPhone, or is it still mm, well like, a Range Rover? Range Rover in your away. head now, haven't you? But yeah. <clears throat> but, but I uh, I still like the i3 idea, and I'm mm. particular, and I like the EV idea because, as I think I uh, said before, the um, both of my local hill climb tracks, Shelsley um, Walsh and Prescott, are understood to be to having uh, classes, race classes, in normal meetings for um, standard EVs this year. Oh, so there'll be, you know, and loads of Teslas. But I think a Bill Stein um, i3s might be a laugh. And and so that's that's what propels me still. And if if not if the Range Rover pr- project doesn't come to pass, I, you know I'm still on the hook for that. That'd be quite good. I think it would be fun, and I would. I I reckon I'd enjoy the car, and I think I'd use it. Hmm. And it 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 sort of it behoves people in our job to, you know, if they can maybe to 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 own an EV and just I've never owned an EV, mm-hmm. and I, I think I should. Yeah. You know, before I'm dead. Yeah. I mean, I will at one point, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think it, it, does, it does, yes, doesn't suit what I do yet, but no. it will do at one point. Well, you're, yeah, yeah, you've got a, a, um, a set of unusual uh, requirements for your yeah. cars, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know whether this, because I know we've had this conversation about what you what you buy or not for quite some time. Yes. <laughs> but I, this car, it's the nice, one of the nicer parts of the, Process, isn't it? It I is. Think, you know, you, I could. could the I danger is you bore people. This? Yeah, uh, but but um, but it's, it is so enjoyable. Mm. And, and and the thing is, especially if you talk about it like we're privileged to do, bits of information come up all the time. I mean, there's Phil. You know, writes a bit of, you know, obviously <clears throat> clever bloke knows mm. what he's talking about. So does this the, the David Power, who I was talking about earlier. And then there's. Uh, another man that I've discovered called Martin Carroll, who's in, um, who's, who sold five hundred i3s in his in his oh, career, really? and he also you, you accumulate the knowledge of these people, and you suddenly you know everything. Mm. Uh, so um, it, it's good fun doing the research. For yeah, sure. I think so. 
Yeah, I think so too. So I, I, I yeah. in a way, you don't want to, you don't want to bring it to an end. No, exactly. I'm in a phase with, because um, arguably the sensible thing to do for me, because I've got this beetle Baja bug that doesn't go very far, and a Hillman imp that doesn't go very far, which I'm thinking about having a BMW bike engine conversion yeah. to, which would I think would be fun. Well, I think it would be interesting. But actually, with the sensible thing, given the time I have and the kind of use I give this car, actually to shop them both in and have a bit more space outside and buy a catering that I would use often yeah. rather than something that I Which use Which one would you buy? Because they, they come in lots of breeds now. They do, yeah. I'd be re- I'd be really torn, actually. I like the idea. I've never built my own. We did we did build one in the office yeah. a few years ago with Colin Goodwin, but I yeah. James May was involved in that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, and I like the idea of the absolute lightest variant, the sort of four hundred and forty kilo Suzuki engine. So the, so the eighty horsepower. Yeah, and I and it's not necessarily my favourite seven to drive, but somehow the idea of that lightness appeals as yeah. a thing on its own, yeah, as a merit on its own. Yeah, right. little tyres, slides everywhere. Yeah, and whereas I might <laughs> prefer, I think the nicest one I ever drove was, a, was I think it's called the 135, which was 135 horsepower. Was it a Ford or Vauxhall motor? I think Ford motor. Well, it wasn't a 1.4K series, was it? No, it was after that. It was, it was, I don't, I've never driven a K series one, but I hear wonderful things about them. Good because they were lying. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, but we, we the road testers ran one about seven years ago, right. and it was just wonderful. We did a go kart versus Caterham twin test because so somebody did, said because yeah. there was all the cliche oh the go kart like handling. So yeah. I thought well we'll take it to Rye House Kart Circuit and see if that's true. And uh, Rye House game. I mean it was we had a great <laughs> I had a great day, mate. Uh, because you could drive pretty much every corner sideways to your you know just. They don't handle like a go kart, but no other car gets quite as close. Mm. I would say, mm. you know, the fact that you can drive it around a not huge kart circuit and have a really good time, never out, getting out of, you know, barely into third gear. Really, I remember the story. I remember the project, but I can't remember the conclusion. Yeah, it was. I mean, the only thing that handles like a go kart is a go kart. Yeah, that's the short of it. You know, and that was my old go kart where. Uh, I think Nick Cackett wrote that bit of the story and suggested that its get up and go had had got up and gone sometime. Yeah, good though. Sometime previously, yeah, and it was just, it was a cool, yeah. And I, but I like doing distances in a caterham, you know, if they've got a heater and weather equipment, and if it was new enough, it would be reliable and blah blah blah. But it's just all part of the. I don't know. I enjoy this bit of it. Enjoy this bit of the process. Um, Anyway, we'll find out in the coming weeks, as well as whether Steve Cropley has bought a car. Oh, God. So you're going to see it, this Range Rover, this afternoon? This afternoon? hmm I think I'll be allowed to have a go in it, which means that I will be able to just remember stuff like the brakes and the clutch and all yeah. that. I just remember these... I remember the, the gear change. There's this um, amazingly agricultural four-speed H pattern mm. with about... A foot across the between the one two and the three four gate, but I also remember the, it's got lovely pedals, big fat pedals that yeah. uh, you know made for your clogs like like I've got. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, because they were, you know, you might get in it with boots on and 
yeah everything else back in the time yeah oh. I've, I've, of, of all the cars that you have thought you might purchase <laughs> this one is my favourite oh okay well that's a powerful know. argument it's, it, it, it seems it, one it's exciting two it's usable yeah you know and I and it, it does something that none of your other cars do it strikes me yeah it does it, it's it's a car you can take places hmm the interest it'll be interesting to see how the steering committee takes to it mm. she likes them but she not sure that classic cars and I mix because I'm not a big spanner man right but I think I would pay the fella anyway this time yeah yeah so interesting no it'll be fun yeah well more news on that in this week's next week's sorry my week in cars which will be with you uh Wednesday of next week until then you can find autocar over at autocar.co.uk over at the magazine shop.com where there is access to the digital archive as well as uh, an aston martin db12 video uploading as i speak Ooh, what percentage now uh what percentage are we up to oh it has uploaded it is checking at the moment it took about it's a big farm it's about an 18 gig file or something oh, okay. so it took a while to go but it's 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 there um yeah that goes live that'll be live by the time this uh this podcast is out so um, and that's versus the Ferrari Broma and Maserati Gran Turismo that'll be a really both interesting verdict I think both good cars yeah all good cars all three good cars in fact yeah yeah. because city car group tests right they all do the same thing they're yeah. all within five quid five millimetres five bits of spec yeah. of each other aren't they but these will do something slightly different yeah in a good way I think I'm, so. the thing I'm pleased to hear is that the Maza is 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 worthy because mm. um, I had imagined it wasn't going to be quite there, but um, it 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 has a, a pretty good persona of its own. I like it. Yeah, the old Gran Turismo, cool car, great noise, sensational to look at, but I, I liked it very much. This one is maybe less characterful, but runs on air springs, much more isolated. It just you know has a if you had it's got proper back seats you know if you were to choose one as a car that you used a lot I could see the real appeal for it because you know it's it's comfortable and you, you know you could throw children in the back very easily you know I could sit behind my own driving position genuinely comfortably yeah I mean it's a five metre long car oh, so I want to read the story bit. well I want so, to see the vid the story bit. yeah story's yeah. out yeah story yeah. is out now uh, in the mag as we speak and uh, yes it will be uh, on vid too anyway sorry mate I'm waffling Um, (laughs) thanks for joining me see you next week see ya hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.